Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde. And you've come to the right location. The Real Estate starts now. In today's episode, Co-opting New York, we explore the intersection between real estate and cooperative living. Today's guest is Natasha Keller, a writer, comedian, model, and creative entrepreneur with more than a decade of experience in digital marketing. Natasha, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Natasha. Happy to be here. Thanks, guys. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I live in upstate New York. I live in Ithaca. Um, like you said in the intro, I'm a creative entrepreneur. I've had a lot of different jobs, including um, a production sewer and a seamstress. And I uh, have two kids. And um, yeah. That's, that's excellent. So, so today's episode, we're, we're going to talk a bit about, about co-ops. And not everyone on the show uh, is from New York and so they not know what a co-op is. So I'm just going to basically break that down. So a co-op is a type of housing owned by a corporation made up of owners Then the co-op. The corporation owns the interior, exterior, and all common areas of the building. And instead of buying a property as you would a traditional real estate transaction like a condo, you're actually buying a share of the corporation that controls the co-op, which entitles you to, li- to a living space. Co-ops are typically more common in crowded cities and they're most uh, the cost of living you know, can be can be high in most cases, uh, and they're, they're most common in New York City. But in fact, co-ops in New York outnumber traditional condo units by a ratio of almost three to one. As a matter of fact, co-ops started back when New York City was basically mostly bankrupt, and they used co-ops as a mechanism to protect buildings from um, from bankruptcy in a lot of cases. So it was a it was a solution to a problem. Now. Why we're talking about co-ops today? Well, there's a there are there's a good news and there's a bad news about living in one and being a resident trying to buy in a co-op. And the good news is, you know, with just a few residents of a small co-op building, it's almost like a private house where your neighbors become like family and they can choose who, in fact, they want to live with. And the bad news is that with just a few residents, a small co-op building is almost like a private house and (laughs) it was like family and they can choose who they want to live with. Now, obviously, um, if you're if you're, you know, an awesome person, you're perfect, all that good stuff, you know, then, you know, you have no problems. But if you're like most people uh, who have their idiosyncrasies and their issues, uh, you know, co-op living can be quite challenging. Yeah, and I would add, add just to clarify, just to, to clarify again the difference. Um, when you own a condo, you actually own, you have a deed to that property, the condo, the actual square footage, and part of the common areas. When you're in a co-op, you're just leasing your apartment. You own a piece of the building, and the size, the amount of shares you own in the building reflects the size of the apartment you're living in. 
and therefore you are part of a corporation as opposed to an individual owner. And just to clarify that. So the funny thing is when you're in a co-op, you don't, you don't have a deed to the apartment. You're leasing from within your own company. You're and a leasor in your own company. As a matter of fact, if you, for whatever reason, if you disobey or um, or in breach of your contract or your contractual obligation to the corporation, the corporation, the way that they would fire you essentially is through an eviction, but they, they can't basically prevent you from, um, they can't basically you know, they can't give you your shares back necessarily. They just won't let you in the apartment. So they can padlock your unit. Uh, and so you, you can't get into your place, even though you still own the shares. It's it's quite-, it's quite I can see how that could be a problem. <laughs> 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 but I own the building. Yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> so, But in Ithaca, there isn't that many co-ops, right? I, I don't know that there's any. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I think that there's a co-op um, at Cornell on campus, but it's, but it's like a student, a student housing co-op, really, really different situation. Yeah. Well, I think the, the, the student housing co-ops and like the, the farm co-ops are a lot. Yes. Yeah. You know, fruits and veg, you know, not the chickens. It's, I think the difference between a chicken coop. And yes. a, uh... <laughs> exactly. We have lots I, of I did here. read that, uh, that the, co the co-ops really took off in the eighties coming off the bankruptcies of New York. Uh, with the rental conversions, as you were saying, Alex, to co-ops. And that, that at one point it was, like you say, 75-25 co-op condo. But apparently now that a lot of these new buildings have been going up, like the big, huge, expensive buildings on 57th on Billionaire's Row and et cetera, the newer buildings are condos because I think people are fed up with the co-op process. And, and we can go into that in a minute. And so I think it's trying to get closer to 50-50. But still, if you want to buy into an older building, an elegant building, a well-known Fifth Avenue or Park Avenue building in New York, you're going to hit a condo board. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the biggest difference, right? So if you're in a, um, if you want a, a, a three-store walk-up, uh, a three-story walk-up, you know, that's that's a that's a co-op. Uh, but if you want a steel and glass building with high amenities and all this stuff that's popping up in New York City, I mean, you can be paying a pretty pretty high price for that. And you know, and I think there's a bit of a, a disconnect between you know the million the billionaires row, um, excuse my French, um, and like the average person uh, when it comes to wanting to live in the city. Exactly. So that was going to be my question. It's kind of a basic one, but why buy into a co-op? Why do people do it? Like, why wouldn't you just rent? <laughs> you <laughs> know, because you're not getting a lot of the advantages that people think of when you buy something, when you buy like into a co-op. Like what? Um, like having a certain amount of ownership over the space, you know, getting, getting to make changes to it as you like, redo things, move walls, whatever. Well, you know, there's an interesting thing because I, because I mean, Jamie, you can jump in because you're the finance guy, but I would imagine, you know, equity is- what? <laughs> equity is equity, right? So if you're if you're buying a share, maybe you're not buying you know sort of real property, if you will, but you're buying shares. It's, it's a it's a it's a tradable asset. It's, it's equity, right? So you're at least you're owning something as opposed to as a rental property owning absolutely nothing. And maybe that is the, the uh, a, a, maybe a lower benefit than say have the opportunity to make make upgrades and decisions on your own with the con the condo but there has to be some tangible benefit to be able to have that opportunity versus the other well i think the question becomes which side of the table you're sitting on 
if you're besides the fact uh, to answer your question Natasha if there are certain buildings that you really want to live in or certain place you really want to live in and it's a co-op and you want to live there if that's the kind of unit you love or the neighborhood you love or it's a family oriented area then you have to go through the rigmarole of getting through the co-op board but I think it it reminds me of being a member in a private country club, right? Everybody hates what a private club. They can ding anybody they want. That's not fair until you get in. Then when you're in, it's your club. And whoa, whoa, whoa! Who exactly wants to come in? We want to vet this person. I don't want the I don't want riffraff into my club, right? You know, like Groucho Marx, I wouldn't be a, uh, a member of any club that would have me as a member. But um, <laughs> so I think the co-op advantage is once you get into the co-op, there's a certain power to be able to control who you're going to who you're going to surround yourself with in terms of your neighbors well you know uh with great power comes great responsibility and i think <laughs> okay spidey <laughs> and i think great i think great power in this particular instance i.e a co-op board member um you know perhaps uses their 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 power irresponsibly and thus maybe even selfishly to a certain extent wanting people that look like them or act like them or behave like them or whatever in their building and thus maybe limiting people's opportunities to get in i don't know how many people on this uh, who's listening um have ever been uh, rejected by a co-op but it's not fun I agree 100%. Yeah, you never want to be, uh, you never want to be rejected. Um, um, but uh, yeah, that that's the issue. That's the thing. So there's good, there's good and bad, but it definitely adds a whole layer of, uh, of, uh, of cloudiness around the process that you can't control, you've lost some of the control of the process. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, when you think about rejections uh, and I look at uh, some of the more famous rejections or your or co-op board rejections uh, in the city and one of them uh, being uh, uh, Madonna, uh, others being Ronald Perlman. And these people have all the money in the world and yet they're being rejected from 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 these boards. Calvin Klein was even rejected. Um, uh, it, uh, you've got even Antonio Banderas and Melanie Griffith rejected. Rush Limbaugh were, was were, was rejected. Probably um, uh, we may not easy, easy, <laughs> easy. <laughs> so I think regardless of who, if you're, you can be uh, a multi-million dollar or a billionaire in this case, uh, and still get rejected from a co-op. Or uh, you know why? Like what? What are the issues that people have on these boards? that would prevent most um, exceptional people and then maybe even average people um, from getting in. Yeah, I think, I think look, there's, there are so many reasons of whether it's, I mean, I, I can see if I was an owner of a building or in a building, how a celebrity in the building would affect the dynamic of the building. What would it be like stepping out if there's paparazzi standing around? Uh, if it's a if it's a it's a, a building that's all older singles and you have families who want to come in with a lot of young kids, I can see. And, and I'm not I'm not justifying or saying it's valid or fair, but I can see how people might say, you know what, we don't really want crying kids in the building we're all older people now we've already been through that you know um there you know maybe it's a musician we don't want the noise right or there's somebody who's well known to be a crazy partier and every building they've built in you keep reading in the new york post about all the complaints then then that person applies to your co-op you know if it was a condo and you were in a condo you might be wishing you had the ability to block something like that but you can't and to your point it's exactly right alex the, co the condo is a question of money. If you can afford it, you can move in. 
The co-op has nothing to do with money. You have to pass the board. And that can be a, a, a that can be a very traumatic experience, I think. Uh, so I wanted to just ask a question. Um, and so is it true that they don't have to give you the reasons that, that they're rejecting you? No. Is that right? Yeah. And basically, you know, you give your, you fill out your, your board package, submit it, and then they, they can either say no right then and there, or they could say, you know, we'd like to interview you and have a one-on-one face-to-face. Uh, and then they would decide based on, on that. And, and it's kind of like applying for a job, right? And it's kind of like, you know, it's like the things that you do to get into, to get, to get, a, to get a paying job are sim- the similar things that you do before you can pay a bunch of money to live in. A, it's kind of upside down. I get it, but it's weird, right? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good um, analogy. So recently I was rejected from a job and th- uh, they didn't give me a reason. And then I pushed them <laughs> to give me a reason. They still didn't want to give me a reason. But I pushed a little bit more because I really wanted to know why. And they eventually gave me a reason, which was actually very helpful to me that I that I eventually received that feedback. So is it a dynamic like that where you could keep like knocking on the door? Like, I just want to know what what happened. Like, how can I prove myself as a candidate? Well, you know, but this is also New York City. right? I mean, the more right. people are like, you know what? The reason why we didn't accept you is because you're an ass. <laughs> and here's a perfect example of why we didn't accept you. You keep badgering us. This is why. So, and so I've, been, I've been to this situation myself. And uh, I mean, I've been rejected. I, I, I've been accepted by a co-op board. And then I've also been rejected by one. And I've also been in a lawsuit with one. Um, so I know, you know, and, and also the thing about co-op boards is they're like board seats, you know, they, you know, everyone, there's an election and people um, are, that's not their full-time job. And so they, you may be an accountant, a lawyer, a gardener, and you may just want to, you may just have extra time on weekends to contribute to being on the board, or you just want to have control over your situation. Any way that you look at it, there's a certain type of personality that that decides that, hey, look, I'm going to raise my hand and be on the board of my of my building. Well, it's funny you say that because even on condos, like I live in a condo, I own my condo in Miami Beach, and we have a board of directors as well. And on the one hand, you're grateful for the fact that they're doing this job because the truth is they don't make any money off it. Everybody shits all over them. No one's ever happy with decisions they're making. Anytime there's a complaint, it goes to the board. So you feel for, you know, they're really going out of their way to try to do to do what's right for the building. The other, the, the other side of the coin is what you're saying is you don't necessarily get to pick the most capable person to be on the board. It depends on who wants to do the job and you never know the reason they want. They may want the job for power or they may have a certain agenda or they want to change the composition of the people who live in the building. And so they're going to run, they're going to run, they're going to get on the board and they're going to kick those, do not let those type of people in or this, this type of personality or this type of family or this type of whatever. And, and so the problem is it's a two edged sword. It's good. To, it's good that they do it and they, they do work hard and they do get a lot of shit for it. On the other hand, like you say, they're not necessarily the most qualified or the most fair or the right people that you would pick if you could pick anyone and say you're on the board, but we're stuck because you have to run. Yeah, you know, but the equivalent, if you lived in a single family community somewhere in the suburbs or in a rural area, it's kind of the same as like the community watch. School board. It's like a school board. Watch a school board or just the people that just have a chip on their shoulder for whatever reason. And then, you know, you know, if you're particularly if you live in um, in in the Carolinas, they probably put a lawn chair on the top of their the roof of their house. <laughs> <laughs> 
eat popcorn and drink a beer. No offense to people in the Carolinas, but it's like a thing. And so <laughs> I, I would definitely say that, um, you know, get a life. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the reality I think is- it's moon, I think it's moonshine, not beer. But uh, either way, the, an issue that, that I have, you know, when I, I didn't buy my, my first condo until I was, I was much older here in Miami. And uh, it, I felt a little bit um, uncomfortable with all the information that I was supplying to the bank in order for them to okay a mortgage. Every piece of, of financial information from my bank accounts to my net worth, to my brokerage accounts, to my income level. Uh, but at least that was going to a bank. And you feel that there's gotta be some safeguards within a corporation, not to mention the FDIC rules, et cetera, around privacy of information. When you go to a co-op board, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but you're submitting every piece of financial information, four years of taxes, I don't know what, to a bunch of people you don't even really know with no no guarantees of any protection on your private information. I That seems ludicrous to me. That's actually true. As a matter of fact, the more that you think about it, the more that you mention it, the, the, the crazier it sounds, right? And, and just the, the fact that they have that power um, to make the decision on whether or not they think the information that you gave them uh, is is worthy of their you know of, of their attention. I mean, also at the same time, it puts pressure on the broker. So if you're if you're a broker you're looking to do a transaction with a client, um, you, you don't. Sometimes, maybe not. Most of the times, I'm not sure. You have the option of choosing your customer, or your clients. Most likely not. And so, yet that inhibits your ability to to service your client when, in fact, the decision on whether or not they buy or or not is not dependent upon anything other than someone else's subjective point of view, right? Let me ask you this. Uh, you've been to these meetings. You know, I've never sat in one of these meetings. Just from a generic point of view, can you describe to our listeners what it's like? I mean, you walk in, they say hi, there's, there's three behind one desk and you're sitting in a chair facing like you see in the movies or and they grill you and then they say thank you and you walk out. And I mean, what is, what's it like? It's kind of like the Gestapo. You ever seen that movie Gorky Park where you sit in- Yeah, William Hurt. <laughs> this is like bright light in your face. And then someone asks you questions with a German accent. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of like that, really, because basically they just want to know um, who you are, what makes you tick, where you were on Friday night, what you do on Friday nights um, and Saturday mornings. That, that, and so it gets really personal and it gets to the point where it, it's almost intrusive because, you know, hey, look, um, I, I don't really want to tell you that information. But the reality is that when you live in those apartments, particularly in a multifamily apartment building in New York City, I mean, think about it, you are probably less than six inches of, of drywall away from your next door neighbor uh, on, on four sides, theoretically, right? And so they, are hearing everything. They're hearing what you, you know, the 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 coffee grinders in the morning. They're hearing what television stations you're you're, you're listening to. I can't even burp anymore in my own. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, this, I mean, I think you know, buildings really aren't made like they used to with concrete and all that stuff, and they're made with sheetrock and 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 wood. It's pretty. It's pretty cheap. The construction of these buildings. So. They're in your living room, um, whether you like it or not. And so they are judging you based on what they expect to hear on a Saturday afternoon uh, in their living room because they're they're only six inches away from you. So and let me ask you a question. When you're in there, are you in there by yourself or is your broker with you or your lawyer? Are you literally just you and the board? 
Yeah, I mean, when I say Golgi Park, I mean, it is you. It is no, there is no um, uh, Fifth Amendment. <laughs> there is no, I- People I, ask the questions. Yeah, exactly. There is no, <laughs> I, I deserve representation. Where's my lawyer? There's not, you know, like, like when, I, when you think about um, law and order, right? It's not, that's that doesn't exist. As soon as that door closes and you're in front of the co-op board, um, the world that we know it in terms of um, ethics or or um, politically correctness or whatever, go out the window. They can ask you anything. And that's crazy to me. So yeah, that 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 uh, comparison to a job interview that you mentioned, Natasha. That's uh, that's that's a very valid comparison. In the same it is, way except you- that there's a lot of rules about what they can and cannot exactly. ask you in a job interview. Exactly. For example, in a job interview, you can't ask a, a woman if she um, perhaps is expecting to have a child. Yeah. Uh, married, uh, and then make and then that those information that information basically breeds some judgment that you can then have to make a decision on whether or not you should hire them, and then that 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 goes into whole all other legal legal issue. And the co-op board, I mean, those are things you can ask, right? Matt, that's what you want. You literally can ask that and there's no, there's nothing they can't ask by law? Well, I think there's some, probably some things, but in terms of do you have dogs? Do you have kids? Um, I mean, those are questions that they, that's, that's, that's on the table, right? And thus, you can't, um, you can't ask a, a future employee that question to job interview. That's illegal. Right. Well, we're fixing, we're working on those laws. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so is that one of the reasons that you ended up um, with a lawsuit with the co-op board? What was, what happened there? So, yeah, I think, I think my issue really was around my, um, um, my, my uh, renovation. So I bought a place mm. and I gut renovated it and I uh, put um, you know, hardwood floors. I put some high hats, some some um, recessed lighting in the ceiling, uh, and what ended up happening was the the what they said was that the renovation of my apartment created more sound attenuation. So sound bounced and went into other apartments a lot faster or more freely than otherwise. And of course, for me, they approved because you have to submit your your construction. Um, schematics before you do construction. So I sent it to the board, they approved it. But the challenge was when they approved it, it was a different board naturally, right? And so Uh. the the new board now got complaints for noises and they're like, this guy's a bad, a bad apple. Um, You know, we want him out. You know, you you know, you have to, to turn, to revert all of your renovations to what it was when you first bought the apartment. I told you to get rid of those bongo drums. You just won't listen to me. (laughs) You see, you know, <laughs> like this is crazy. Um, I'm suing you, uh, and you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, two years later, because co-op boards the benefit, and, and unfortunately, the peril of co-op boards is they have deep pockets because it's not it's not building, and everyone's making contributions and paying dues of which you're paying dues for their lawyers to, to fight you to sue you. So. So I'm out of pocket on top of being out of pocket. And I'm like, look, there's got to be some solution. And and of course, there wasn't. Um, The only solution was to settle, of which we did. But I was like, look, I'm going to get something out of this. Um, The only reason why um, you you have issues with me is because I am who I am. And I don't think that's fair. So the only way I got out of it was to 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 divert the 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 issue around the construction to just some personal issues because it was communication and I leveraged the fact that there are humans on the other end um, I leveraged the fact that there are there are members of the board that communicate via paper and the fact that the communication doesn't always work 
And there's always a lapse in communication. There's always an, a, a moment where people aren't really given a chance to speak. Um, so there's a disproportionate amount of objectivity that exists in boards. And so when you, you start to really unpack communication among board members, what you start realizing is board members are people and they have their own perspectives, their own um, conscious or unconscious biases that go into the decisions that they make. And then, and obviously um, that sometimes is for the good, but also sometimes it's, it's detrimental to the livelihood of people that live in the building. So I, I, I faced that issue and, and ultimately, thankfully resolved it. Yeah, it sounds like a nightmare. On the, on the other hand, if we pivot for a second, let's take a look at it from the other point of view. Uh, I've lived in condos my whole life, mostly rental. And anyone who's lived in a rental has had the nightmare when somebody moves in next door, that's the nightmare tenant, very loud or a barking dog or kids that cry, or, or they, they throw late parties or people coming and going at all hours or the guys dealing marijuana, whatever it is, right. So the question becomes, if you lived someplace, and you could have better control that disruptive people wouldn't come into your personal living space, would you be happier with that ability? In other words, if, if you're in a co-op, are you happy that there is a board that's keeping Madonna and her late night parties and the paparazzi from disrupting your daily life forever? See, that's the problem is from the inside, once you're inside, I see the advantages, even though the person trying to come in goes through a, a nightmare scenario. Well, you know, I think you, you've just opened up, I think, probably one of the oldest debates in the history of civilization, right? Which is the, the, the question of um, um, homogeneity or homogeneous in- Homogeneity? <laughs> okay, okay. I'm working on that People one. that are like the people that are the same. People like me. Yeah. So, so the, the challenge there is that, is that the fact that we don't live in this, um, a homogeneous society, people are just different. And I think when you go back over centuries and say, oh yeah, you know, I think, you know, if everyone was green, um, then I, you know, I want to live that to people who are green, then you, then you could say, you could, you could build an argument against that. Um, and so we're in a place where people are of different race, different religion, different height, um, different, different um, sexual preferences and orientations. So just by nature of being in New York, this is the irony of it being in New York, right? If it was somewhere in the Midwest, um, no offense to the Midwest, um, it might've been, might been a different situation, but we're in the most, we're basically the the biggest melting pot of America, if not the world. And uh, we have these people who have control over who lives in and who doesn't in their, in their space. So there is naturally, and depending on where you come from. So a lot of there, there are, you know, majority of people who live in New York aren't really from New York. So they're from somewhere else. They bring their biases to the city. They, they, they force their biases on people in the, in the, in the context of, of being a board member and making decisions on who lives and who doesn't in your building. Um, I mean, it's kind of like having, it's kind of like, you know, um, being in a, a monarchy, right? I mean, deciding who lives and who dies based on the whim of your interests um, is kind of like being a, board of a, uh, you know, the president of, a, of your co-op board. And thus, what you do um, is no longer guided or regulated by anything that's, that happens uh, in your environment. There is no there is no Me Too movement. I mean, I'm sure you could probably protest and then, you know, sue your co-op your co board. There is no Black Lives Matter. There is no, you know, Asian Lives Matter. There is none of, there's none of that. And yet at the same time, 
um, we're being judged. So I think that I think I don't know. I think there's there's something to be said for a, a closer alignment with how co-op boards are run and the rest of society in which the co-op the um, uh, that the co-op is surrounded by. Yeah, that they have some ethics that they have to operate within. Yeah, I think I think exactly right, Natasha. I think there should be some set of ethics. I think I think a lot of the stuff, whether it's children or dogs or celebrities, is 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 less reference to the difference of people and more reference to the way they live. I think there's a difference between the person you are and the way you live. And regardless of where you're from or your ethnic origin, we've all met people who are asshole neighbors and people who are good neighbors. And whether you're in a house or you're in an apartment, we every everyone either's had or knows someone who's had the nightmare. Of the, the neighbor wants to cut the tree down and you're fighting over the property line and you know you're suing each other and it's a nightmare and there's no co-op involved at all and you're just stuck with whoever moves in so on the one hand i understand exactly what you're saying alex and i agree with natasha as well obviously there has to be protections so that there's not a a, a method of exclusion that's going on here yeah right. for example i'm a i'm a cat guy right i'm not a dog guy i'm a cat guy don't judge me are you are you really <laughs> I, I am. You know, I got to be honest with you. I'm kind of judging you right now. I, I wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> yeah, because you don't need to walk a cat, right? You don't need to. You don't need True. to. True. In the morning uh, or two days, two, two, you know, two times a day, walk this thing and have it, you know, do its thing, do its business in front of your house. I mean, kind of, of, course, of course, it's much better. Let them no. take a shit right in your living room whenever exactly. they want. Much, exactly. much better, much cleaner, <laughs> exactly. much. The smell alone is so much nicer. If I walk into an apartment and I don't get that aroma of piss, I, I'm leaving. I, I don't feel comfortable. And I'll tell you why that is, because when I was a young boy, at one point, I lived with 13 cats in one oh, house. Oh, no, no. 13 cats. Yeah. Oh. I'm allergic now. I, 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 my, my, you know, as you get older, your body becomes allergic to things you're overexposed to. I was so overexposed that I'm allergic to cats now. And so you grew up in Botswana? <laughs> oh, I tell you, it was crazy. It was just crazy. I bet. Well, look, you know, I mean, I think, I think, I think the world would be a lot better if, um, if we all loved goldfish. So I think <laughs> I had goldfish too. Every time I come home from school, another one would have made the leap, the Olympic diving board leap, and it was frozen solid on my carpet. I don't think I was doing the right. Uh, I wasn't feeding them the right food or something. Yeah, I still don't want goldfish. Oh man, you have, you don't you don't know living until you had a goldfish. But <laughs> I, I think I think that the you know there's always challenges with co-ops, but of course, look, I mean co-ops um, do provide a benefit to a certain extent. They provide a lower um, cost to entry um, for people looking to buy in New York City. So if you if you want to buy a place, you don't have a whole lot of money. Uh, you don't have condo money. Um, uh, only have co-op money. Uh, there's <laughs> Uh, for you, um, somewhere you know in 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 the Bronx or in Queens, I'm <laughs> just kidding. There's a place for you in the city. So um, I think that I think in, in and of itself, I think it has uh, sort of you know made the barrier to entry um, somewhat low, and that's great for people who want to buy. But I also think that there's challenges, and I think we can every day we need to work uh, harder to 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 push towards more of a fair representation of um, of boards. Um, uh, giving better access to people to be able to move into those places. And the real estate transaction community, the brokers, the mortgage brokers, uh, uh, real estate brokers and mortgage brokers need to, um, you know, do their part to try to help um, make this, um, um, you know, make this transition happen. 
as long as there's still a no Madonna clause. Can we all agree on that? Does anybody want to live back next to Madonna in this podcast? <laughs> Look, if you're with, with, all, with all due respect to her, to her acumen as a musician and her her, her acumen as a as a celebrity and, and a powerful force in music. I don't know if I'd want to live next to her. I don't know what goes well, on. Well, look, if you're a material girl or guy, there should be a place for you. <laughs> well, look, I, I think I think we've we've covered a, a really fun topic. I think there's more um, that we can we can discuss on the nature of 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 all things co-ops and condos in New York City. Um, but I'd like to just I'd like to say this has been a super fun discussion uh, among the both of you, and I, I hope that people on um, uh, listening in uh, really understand that it's not a one size fits all. It is a it is a um, a moving target, and ultimately, uh, good luck in in your uh, finding your home in your future in the co-op. Agreed. I think it was a great conversation, Natasha. Thank you for joining us and uh, and and providing you with us with some of your insight. And uh, uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to you again on other topics soon. Yeah, thank you. It was fun being here, and I learned a lot. So thank you. You've been listening to the Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealstate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.